Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 4, Episode 20. I am your host, Cartman My Hats, and with me, as always, is Red Nightmare. This explosion makes a big boom. Well... <laughs> or, no, actually it doesn't. It specifically doesn't. Or does it? Or will it? Or could it? Things start heating up this episode. Yes, and that's bad. Also, they shouldn't cool down, because that would also be bad. We'll get into that in a little bit, but yeah, so... We're here for episode 20 of season 4, part 2 of We're So Screwed, and this part is called Hot to Katrutzi. I, I suddenly realized the hot might be an extra pun in here. Yeah, <laughs> there's all kind of layers and pun layers on here. So yeah, we're going to talk about uh, that episode of Farscape in just a sec, and just before we get started though, this is episode 20, we've got two episodes left after this mm-hmm. of season 4, so we're nearly almost done. Yep. Uh, of season four, Peacekeeper Wars afterwards, but mm-hmm. this is also, again, you can feel things starting to ramp up. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely that, that episode. So yeah, we start out this episode with, obviously, you know, previously on Farscape covering a whole wide range of things, including, you know, wormhole technology, Scarron, Scorpius, Harvey not being dead, and... Aaron being rescued. Yeah. They've got to go back for Scorpius because Harvey told John to because Scorpius actually upgraded Harvey to tell him everything Mm -hmm. somehow, some kind of mental link, something like that. So Scorpius knows everything about wormholes and the Scarons will eventually break him. So it's like, you got to go back for him. And we open this episode, actually, once we've gone through all of that, we go straight into Scorpius in a torture room. Yeah. And he's being tortured by War Minister Arkner. He's, like, in Iraq with spikes around his face and his body all covered in blood. Not his blood, but blood. It's very metal. Yes. Actually, (laughs) now that you mention it, yes, it is. And she's pacing around him saying, like, what do you know about wormholes? He's like, nothing. nothing." He's drooling and already under a lot of stress. You know, if you tell me even the smallest thing, I'll leave you at peace for an arn. But then Scorpy kind of taunts her back. He's like, I've been searching for a female like you my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Sticks his tongue out. Gross. Yeah. Well, remember, Scorpy is kind of too kinky to torture, really. That that is true, actually. Yeah. But my first response to this scene is like, oh, my, 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 how the tables have turned, Scorpius. (laughs) Yes, they have. He's the one in the Scarron equivalent of an Aurora chair being tortured. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, and then Arkner heat probes him and then he screams and we cut away. And we cut to the crew of Moya aboard Lola. In fact, they're all, everybody's there. Rytor's complaining, he's like, this is insane, this plan. (laughs) John's like, well, insanity, genius, the line is very thin. Aaron turns to him and says, look, we're going to walk into the most heavily guarded base in Scarron Empire, start a civil war and walk out with Scorpius. What part do you not understand? (laughs) (laughs) The part where this is somehow going to work? (laughs) And uh, Dargo then says they've been spotted because they're flying into Katrazzi. Yeah, just, just moseying in. It's like, hello... We see an establishing shot, uh, a CG shot of Katrazzi, and we see like there's like a red kind of cloud nebula thing. There's a command carrier. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other ships. There's the Scarron freighter. Katrazzi seems to be like half destroyed with a big weapon in it, kind of almost like a Death Star kind of it thing. It reminded me of the uh, uh, the uh, not Death Star from The Force Awakens. Oh, the yeah, Star Killer base. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and it's kind of bits of it are falling away. It does look it looks pretty good. I think yeah. that shot has a- actually aged reasonably well. Oh yeah, especially with the the Peacekeeper command carrier in the fr- foreground. Mm. And we see Lola flying past, and uh, Dargo says that uh, we were being calmed by the Scarens. Yeah, and the Scarens starts talking in Scarron, so it's the Kozu answered. And we, we can hear that she puts John Crichton in there. It's like, what did you say? I, I told them that we are escorting John Crichton, and we want to negotiate. Yeah, he wants to join the peace treaty, the peace talks. And so the Scarrens come back, it's like, you are cleared to dock. And Rigel says, you know, it's not too late to change our minds. But Dargo's like, look, we just passed Gen X Freighter, which means Scorpius is nearby. Mm-hmm. And John is fiddling with something on his belt... Like a device, and he's like, so what is that anyway? Well, what I love is that 1812 is actually there and comes up behind him Mm -hmm. and gives him a a final bit of thing to fiddle with. Yeah, it's like, John's like, well, there it is. Man's greatest contribution to the absurd. The thermonuclear bomb. (laughs) Ah, it's time to make some brave and heroic decisions. (laughs) Yeah. This is taking brave and heroic decisions to a new level, is what I have down in my notes, because, yeah... This is what we call the nuclear option of brave and heroic decisions. Basically is, yeah. <laughs> and he fiddles with it and he fixes it. And I think that's when it's like, that's it. That's the thermonuclear bomb. That's when we have our title cuts. And when we come back, we cut inside of a meeting room on Katrazzi. And there's a big uh, semicircular table. And we have tall backed silver chairs with like spikes coming out of them. Very metal. Yeah, there are Charids at one seat, there's Kalish, uh, there are lots of Scarens. we've got, like, the guards are kind of the Scarens with the long faces, mm-hmm. and there are the ruling class Scarens. we see, I think Jenek is actually there, Yeah, and also another ruling class Scaron with a very ornate red uh, armor. And I love how they introduce this character, because I think it's either Minister Akna or Grazer, who's also there. Yes. Because I was, I was getting to that, because the peacekeepers are also there, and it's Grazer and Braca. Yeah. And one of them says, Emperor Starleek, and at that point we cut to a shot of him. And I was like, thank you, that's exact everything we needed to know. <laughs> Just say his name, cut to him, that's the Emperor, let's keep moving. But what what's actually happening is Grazer is saying that, uh, you know, despite what your war minister believes, this offer of peace is genuine. And every day you fail to take it seriously, we build more and more wormhole weapons, and soon we'll we'll have to use one. <laughs> It'll get too tempting to. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the argument she makes. Yeah. But then Starleek's like, not to interrupt you, but we have a guest who should make things even more amusing. And then in walks Crichton and Aaron. Grazer's like, oh crap, it's John Crichton. <laughs> Hello. And uh, Starleek says, like, you've taken a great risk coming here. Why shouldn't I seize you right now? Well, let me explain to you why. He opens his coat. See this? And he lifts off some parts and it's like, does that translate? Yeah, it's like plutonium core with a... Tritium shell. Tritium shell. It's like, does yeah. that translate? A fission bomb. And then the, the guards point guns at him and Starleek's like, no, put those down. Don't shoot the man with the bomb on his hip. <laughs> John just goes, okay, so I have... Th- this puppy rigged up to several Deadman sen- uh, triggers based on several sensors from different species on my ship and a few I don't even know. If my heart stops beating, boom. If I get too hot or too cold, boom. If I get grumpy, bored, too happy, too sad, hungry, thirsty, even just cranky, we all go boom. And if you try a little psychic trick, kaboom. 
we're all pushing up day glow daisies. And then Arkner's like, why do I doubt that? And John, John turns to like... This is perfect. I love that line. Because you lack imagination, he says. You lack imagination. You Because you do not believe anybody could ever be that desperate. I'm trying to remember exactly what it's a reference to, but it is also a reference. That does not surprise me. But, okay, so, <laughs> let me just... What's the... Enthuse about this scene for a second. Go for because it. Because last week... Uh, I said that this episode contains my favorite scene in all of Farscape. And it is this scene in which John joins the negotiations. Mm -hmm. And he's just explained that he's got a bomb strapped to his hip that if anybody messes with it, it will blow up. And then Starleek says to him, it's like, what do you want? And John says, what do I want? What do I want? I have not been chasing my ass all over the galaxy trying to pull out chunks of my brain. I have not been sneaking fembots and screeths into the places where I live. And then he jumps, he points at them. It's like, you want something. You want something. You. You want what's inside my head. Well, you want what I know about wormholes. And then this is great because yeah. he then gets up on the table and like does a big step. He's like, because I can leave tall galaxies in a single bound. And you can see the emperor just being annoyed that he has the Gold to stand on this table, but he can't do anything about it. And then he says, I can scorch planets with a wave of my hand, and you, and you, and you, you can't do jack. And Grazer goes, yes, we can. It's like, that's not true. And he, like, kneels down. It's like, oh, really? You command the stars to do your bidding. I know you can't, and you can't, and you won't, but I can. <laughs> but And I have. And he looks at Aaron, and Aaron, they, they share a glance, uh, knowing glance between them. Yeah, she smiles. Yeah. And then Starleek says, why are you here? And John stands up. And also in the background, there's some, like, dramatic music swelling, like heroic music. And John stands up, and it's shot kind of from underneath yeah. at a low angle. And he's like, because I am an American. <laughs> and what does an American want? Democracy? Capitalism! <laughs> I want to sail out and settle down. <laughs> For one day only, it's a blue line special on aisle three. My wormhole <laughs> technology and a free set of steak knives for all of the tea in China. <laughs> and anything you can imagine to pay. And they're like, pay? It's like, yes, pay! Cash! Welcome to my Cold War. What am I offered for all the powers of the universe? Oh, it's so good. God, I love this scene. I know why you like this scene. It's such a good scene. It is like a distillation of Farscape in its entirety. This is John being like, I have no cards. I have nothing. And I'm going to create the most fantastic plan with it. Well, he has a nuke. But yeah, (laughs) that counts for something. That's true. It's mostly the nuke and just sheer audacity yeah <laughs> just be also just the, the delivery act ben browder yes like i i repeated the lines here but can't really do it justice even if you haven't been watching along if you've been just listening to the podcast i recommend you search for like on youtube farscape i am an american scene and watch it because it is fantastic like ben browder's performance is great and do you want to know the best part about this scene the best best part oh no <laughs> ben browder ad-libbed most of the i am an american scene what <laughs> yeah we're in season four of farscape like and we know that ben browder and claudia black and the rest of the crew but they know their characters inside and out holy crap yeah it's really impressive and you know he's written some good episodes of the show so i fully believe that that ben browder is capable of it but it is very impressive yeah i fully believe it my point is mostly that 
he must have made up some of these lines beforehand. Cause... Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure they may have like you know improved it and done oh, okay. a few yeah, I'll believe that or something. Like I believe you ad lib most of this. It's like they probably re- retook a few, but holy crap, is it good? It's so good. Also, Guy Gross, who does the um, music, considered briefly putting the American national anthem behind it, <laughs> but he decided like that—that's a bit too much. That's a bit much. <laughs> but yeah, that was that's such a good scene, and it's like one of the first big uh, big scenes in this episode. Mm. So it starts out very strong. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, also I have in my notes that John is taking some pages out of Furlough's book, actually. Because this is almost exactly what Furlough said to do. Yeah, it's true. Sell it to both of them and try and get the best deal for you. Yeah. But we know it's a bluff. You know, oh, yeah. we know he, do- he doesn't actually want to do it, but... <laughs> he knows that this is the best thing to keep them interested. Like, this is what everybody wants. Fine. Let's do this then. Yeah, and there's also a great bit at the end of the scene where the Kalish who's sitting there at the table says, this is crazy, and <laughs> and Aaron turns to him and is like, isn't it fun? <laughs> it's great. She's used to this by now. She likes this. All right, so moving on with the episode, we cut to a private meeting room with uh, Arkner, Starleek, and Jenek. Mm-hmm. Arkner's saying, like, John's bluffing. Crichton's bluffing. The bomb's not real. It's, he's got nothing to give us. He's come for Scorpius. Um, but, and Jenik says, you know, I know they were working together on the station. And I like that the Emperor goes, what, you think Crichton is here because he doesn't have anything and Scorpius does? Get me a full analysis of Crichton's weapon and how to disarm it, says Doctor. Why would he risk so much just to rescue an ally? And she says, like, he may be in league with Grazer to stop Scorpius from telling us anything. And, like, ah, it's ridiculous. But Arkner says, like, his, his female companions they rescued her yeah when you botched your capture of grazer another one of your failures minister arkna and she's like i think he even puts a little bit extra emphasis on the minister arkna know your place i'm the emperor also we or feel like scarens probably know that she's very ambitious yeah so he's digging you know twisting the knife being like minister that's your position you're not any higher than that so we uh then see that the rest of the crew have now arrived on uh in fact actually i think they're in the meeting room which has been cleared out yeah dargo says okay we've found all the surveillance devices Aaron walks in, it's like, pilots enhancing encryption on our comms, so we should they should be secure. And John's like, okay, if there are any problems, phone home, me and the fat man, you know, fat man, you know, nuclear device. Yeah, I like that little give, throwaway line. But we'll we'll throw our w- weight around. <laughs> Throughout this, by the way, Naranti is kind of dozed off and like, huh? <laughs> Chiana, like, slaps on the back to wake her up. It's like, huh, what? 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 Well, what's the plan? Have <laughs> <sighs> you not been paying attention? So he points to Rigel Charids, points to Skosu, Kalish, and points to Naranti, Recon. Oh, peacekeepers. Got it. And he does like double finger points and she does it back to him. Yeah. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> and so we then cut to, we have a, actually a shot of the command carrier and there's like a shuttle going to it. And then we cut inside and... We see that Aaron and John are being led aboard the command carrier by Braca. You know, walking into uh, Grazer's chambers. And uh, Aaron's commenting like, Oh, peace conference with the Emperor. Very brave of you to enter Scarron space. Grazer is like, Do not jeopardize peace. I have made very precise calculations to ensure peace. Do not destroy the Sebastian people. And John's like, oh, I don't think you need our help with that. You're doing a pretty good job by yourself. But yes, she says, give us wormhole weapons and everyone will be safe. And John's like, hang on, 
I thought they said they had them. Aw, liars. And Aaron's like, hmm, yeah, that is odd. And Grace is like, we are very, very close. Yeah, she doesn't say it like that, but it's very much like that's... Well, what I, okay, I'll, so let's go through this scene. I'll tell you what, what I like about that is that... Mm-hmm. So there's a desk on one side. John, like, steps behind it, like, sits down. Mm-hmm. And Grazer walks towards him and says, like, you know we have sent prowlers through uh, wormholes before. And, you know, if we have peace for a little while then we can maybe we can develop them i'm like what's this we grazer because this is all scorpius's work and you haven't done jack since then Mm -hmm. and you're the one who shut down his project (laughs) so if they don't have wormhole weapons it's entirely your fault and you have no idea how to actually do it because scorpius was the only one who knew anything about it and they destroyed all that information yeah and she's now trying desperately to cover her own ass yeah it's like i need to keep everybody as distracted as possible so that nobody starts asking questions about why scorpius's project was shut down yeah so you didn't do any of this grazer you haven't made any progress since the end of season three nope but uh, john says well what will you do with wormhole weapons kill billions of your rivals hell maybe you'll kill us she's like all right then name your price and john who has gotten three cups and a little token puts the token on the middle cup and starts shuffling them while he's saying this it's like you see that's the problem. I still haven't figured a way out. I don't see a deal that will work for me. The first person to find it gets the wormhole technology. I love that when he's doing it with yeah, with the yeah. find find the thing with the three cups. Yeah, it's so good. Because it's it's very clear that what he's doing here is like, oh, but I don't know what I want yet. I know roughly what I want, but I don't know what the deal's gonna look like. That's your problem you figured it out that'll give me time yeah exactly this whole thing is just like a bluff to stall for time so they can get scorpius out Mm -hmm. so yeah we then cut to uh there's a hangar very small hangar where uh dargo's ship is and uh there's jenek and one of the longer faced scarons yeah they're talking about well secure the that the visitors have free reign of all public facilities let them on the ship if they want we will acquiesce and the other Scarron's like, Rrr. and Genex says, we'll acquiesce for now. <laughs> <laughs> and Chiana shows up because she's been watching. It's like, hey, you uh, Scarrots all look alike. Were you uh, back the, on the freighter? The one that uh, ordered to ca- have me and Aaron cut open? He's like, yes. And he's like, oh, okay. One more question. Do Scarrots have me vonks? And then, boom, knees him in the groin. Yeah. And, and just she just falls over. Because, <laughs> like, ah. Oh. Her knee just, yeah, it's just shattered. And he just looks down and it's like, yes, but they are not external. And then walks off and is like, well, all right. You tried, Chiana. Yeah, <laughs> I, tried. I, I like the little reversals. Like, oh, ow, ow, my knee. Oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> all right, so then we cut to there's a sort of mess area where there are a bunch of charids yes. drinking and smoking from like a hookah. And then... Uh, they're joking. They're, they're, we cut in on like the the punchline of a joke about Kalish. Yeah, like, I love. I love that was a racist joke about Kalish. And it's like, and he didn't know because he's a frelling harpooner. <laughs> it's like, okay, there's no point giving us a full joke. No, it's, it makes more sense to just give you the punchline and just see people laugh. And then we see actually Dargo walks in, and uh, it's like, God, don't you charids ever bathe yeah but and the charids are like what are you doing here it's like well the scarons have nothing decent to drink and i'm not gonna drink with the kalish uh so do you have any uh razlak and they look at him a bit and like sit down 
And Dargo walks over and there's like a Charid who's like just passed out yeah, on the seat. and shoves him to the side and takes a seat. So now we cut over to Sokozu and she's with a bunch of other uh, Kalish there in like some sort of administration facility. You know, they're walking around with documents and working on consoles, that sort of thing. I'm pretty convinced they reused this set, by the way, from the yes, last episodes. I think so. I noticed that a couple of times. It makes sense because it's, you know, Scarron design. Yep. But yeah, in this shot, you're like, oh, I, I recognize this big open area from mm-hmm. the last episode but Sokoza walks up to the secretary of the place who's an older Kalish man and uh, she says like listen I believe the chariots are trying to expel the Kalish from Katratzi permanently by force he's just like who are you and why how do you know and I don't believe you yeah it's like I'm a, just like you I'm a devoted Kalish and he's like no I don't believe anything you're saying because without us to administer their empire the Scarred system would, go, it would fall apart yeah and they're afraid that you might take it away from them in the position of power you have right now and she's like please talk to me and he doesn't want to and then his aide a younger Kalish man is like listen uh, you're too uh, high up to be seen talking to her I'll, I'll talk to her and we'll sort it out mm-hmm. and so the, t- the two of them go off also i love that the kalisha they're basically just a race an entire race of civil servants i'm assuming they do other stuff as well but yeah that is their role actually no that is what they do that's how scarons yeah. operate what role do you fit fine that's what the role you're fitting everyone is fitting that role of your species so we cut back to the charids and dargo and uh they're like what do you want why do you even work with all those people and with uh, why would you hang out with all those thieves and criminals and the hynerian slug and dargo's like well if you were paid what i get paid you would too well what are you being paid and he's like well you should take that up with my employer and then rigel slides into frame in the background in his throne sled and he's like oh hello <laughs> the chariots look at him and like, what's this? Dinner? <laughs> no, I have a proposition for you. An opportunity, even. And so we cut back now to Sokozu, and uh, Zukash is the name of the aide, and he says to her, it's like, okay, no, you submit your identification for us to carry out background analysis, and... And she's like, I will not submit to any identification. Trust me as I am or not at all. And then we have a close-up on her face, like, right up on the... The face and her eyeball on her left eyeball twists around 180 yeah full like 180 and there's like a i don't know what to, how to describe it but it's um, like a, you know the effect that you get a, a camera iris how those things yeah. shove over each other when when it's completely closed that that's what it looks like a bit yeah it looks like and it's like red and sort of orange in color and then it flips back around and she says to uh Zukash, now what about your background and he like looks back and forth, and then we see a close-up on his face, and he does the same thing. Yeah, and then they lean in, touch their heads against each other, almost like, yeah, it's like people of each other, like, oh, it's been so long having seen some one of us. And then Sokozu says, how many other bioloids are here? What? Yeah. <laughs> so Sokozu's a bioloid. She's a synth. <laughs> She's a frowning synth. <laughs> but... but, uh, but uh, what? Yeah, so remember the last episode where she did the weird heat projection thing from her hand? No, okay, she's not a Scarron. Got it. No, she's not a Scarron. She's a synth. She's a bioloid. But she seems to... She knows she's a bioloid. But she also seems to be, like, where Aaron's bioloid copy was, like, almost like a, sl- a slave. She seems free-willed, as does yeah. her 
colleague. I, it, it seems like, at least, if I want to headcanon it, basically the Aaron's one was made very clearly in very little time. Mm-hmm. So it's a more basic model. And Sikozu and the other guy may be more advanced uh, models of of Bioloid. But also, like, so this is a, an, another odd thing, is that it says, okay, how many other Bioloids are here? And Zukash says, I'm the one Resistance member sent to infiltrate this posting. Yeah. So they're Resistance Bioloids from the Kalish? Personally, what I think is that these Bioloids are kind of fed up with being created as servants and want their own freedom yeah it's it's not really explored but the reason like it's clear at least that they're a resistance cell within the kalish resisting the scarran empire Mm -hmm. because then sokozu immediately tells them it tells him exactly what their plans actually are yeah it's like we need to incite a riot yeah like how much hatred is there between the chariots and the kalish and he says a lot because there's more at stake here it's like right we want to use that and it'll help us escape this little scene adds a whole new dimension to the Scarran Empire and the concept of Bioloids, because apparently they've been doing this longer, but also, mm. like, nobody seems to know that these are Bioloids. You'd think that the Scarans, if these were made by the Scarans themselves, they'd have records of it, but apparently these these are just walking among their own ranks. It brings up a lot of questions yeah. about, like, oh, well then, how does... And I, I don't mean that in, like, a negative no. way. It actually... It's actually, it's interesting stuff, and it's, it's, it's intrigue rather than being confusing, because yeah. it's like, oh, is there a resistance? Oh, but then, oh, oh. We, we just got a few lines, and we're like, there's an entirely bigger story mm. behind this. Yeah, it, it's, it's an, basically a nice little bit of injection of world building into mm-hmm. this scene. And, yeah, but also, <laughs> Sikosu's a bioloid. All right, sure. Wow. Yeah, interesting. And but like you said, she's got free will. It's so it seems. So, but anyway, she's found an ally in this uh, other um, other Kalish bioloid. So he's going to help us out. Great. So then uh, we see John and Aaron walking through uh, some corridors, and then uh, eighteen twelve is with them. And there's a Scarron DRD that's scanning his uh, bomb. John's like, "Hey, eighteen twelve, get that thing out of here." Yeah, and eighteen twelve basically looks like pulls aside a gun saying. Keep walking, man. Keep walking. And Aaron asks, like, do you think she's figured it out yet? Talking about Grazer. And John's like, no, she looked pretty stressed. Yeah. And if she doesn't go home with a peace treaty, she's in a lot of trouble. And so they've walked into the meeting room again, again, which is empty. Mm-hmm. And Aaron's like, you know, it's okay. As long as you're not stressed. And John's like, well, Bomb seems to think I'm doing okay. Yeah. Especially good, given that we're nuclear terrorists now. Yeah. And he gets up behind her and he's like... Aaron's like, well, if that thing's working properly. And so he comes up behind her and starts, like, uh, nuzzling her neck a little bit. And the bomb... And it starts beeping faster. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's working. It's like, <laughs> you're dangerous. Mm, clearly. And like, bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> it's like, no, John, back off, back off. Not now. Back away. <laughs> so uh, we then go back to that uh, private meeting room with Stalik and Jenek. And Jenek says, like, well, okay, we have a good scan of his fission device, but we will take time to decode it. And Stalik's like, not if you expect to prosper. Bruh. Then actually Stalik and Arkner walk into the room where John and Aaron are in the meeting room. I noticed something in this scene. It's really stupid. Does the Emperor have a dick horn? He kind of has like a codpiece. Yeah, sort but that codpiece has like a horn sticking out forward. There are a lot of spikes and horns on his <laughs> armor. Just, yeah, it's just that there's one horn sticking out, probably up and forward on his codpiece, and it's kind of hilarious. 
<laughs> oh, no, it's okay. It's it's. I'm just looking it up now. It's more around his waist, but it's like a low slung waist. Yeah, but thing actually. Yeah, the position is beautifully, <laughs> beautifully suggestive. So yeah, but um, so they come into the conference room. John says, "Oh, you came back. You couldn't disarm my bomb, could you?" Mm-hmm. And then Starleek reaches down for a bowl of those flowers, if you remember from last episode. Mm. The red flowers that the Scarens were eating. And he picks the bowl up, offers it to John. It's like some refreshment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he takes it, takes a bite, it's like, awful. And Starleek says it's an acquired taste. Then John says it's, yeah, Strelitzia, it's hummingbird feeder. He's like, oh, you know of our delicacy. It's like, yeah, bird of paradise, mom's garden, dime a dozen. What do you want? You want to come all this way to discuss botany? Yeah. And like, oh, apparently that plant has colonized quite a few planets. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, it's either very similar to, or by some coincidence, a plant that exists on Earth, which is an odd thing, but okay. Very unlikely, but okay. Yeah, but so, um, Arkner says that, you know, I'm questioning if you have anything to actually offer. And Starleek's like, yeah, I don't believe you can control wormholes. Would you believe it without proof? And John's like, that's fair. Here, let me meet you halfway. Here's some data. Take a ship there. Go to these coordinates. Give us a call when they get there. Well, I'm going to put up the wormhole show, basically. Yeah, and we're going to do it just for you. And then, then they're like, Mrr. and John says, okay, not interested. Grazer probably would be. And yeah. then Starleek's like, wait, wait, give me that. Because he doesn't say, wait, wait, wait. He, he just says, wait. Yeah, actually, yeah, he's very commanding. Yeah, enough restraint to be like, no. <laughs> Never show desperation. So he takes it, takes the, the thing's the coordinates to Jenek and says, dispatch a striker with full instrumentation to these coordinates. Have you checked Crichton's ship? And he's like, no, there's a false field. We can't get in. We should be able to bypass it soon. It's like, all right, well, I'll make sure that you can. And then uh, they're walking along and Arkner says to Starleague, he's like, this is ridiculous. Crichton knows nothing about wormholes. And he says, and Scorpius does. Mm. And Arkner's like, we'll find out soon. (laughs) He'll break, especially once he sees his new interrogator. Yeah. So we cut back to the torture chamber. Scorpius is, like, drooling and, like, kind of slumped over inside the little cage. I also like how the, uh, the black around his lips is slowly fading. Yeah, I think that's, like, blood or something is, you know, what it looks like. But what it is, the makeup is coming off yeah. a little bit. But I, but, but <laughs> I like that it's, like, it, it, it seems like he's just deteriorating due to that. Yeah. Even though it is the makeup coming off. And so Arkner says, like, you're very resilient. And Scorpius is like, ah, must be my Scarron genes there. And it's like, okay, we don't have time for this. I need to know what you know about wormholes. And Scorpius is like, well, if you torture me, I'll amuse myself with dreams of you. <laughs> and he does like a, like yeah. a flicking his tongue out Ugh, again. Creepy. Yeah. But then he says, but if you kill me, my knowledge dies with me. And Arkna says, are you sure? Even if an old friend helps you to the other side and she steps out of the way... And who steps out of the shadows but Stark? Hey, it's that guy. There he is. It's been a minute. <laughs> what? Yeah, where, first of all, where did they get a hold of Stark? So, although this part I buy that, like, hit, okay, Stark, you haven't been around for the bit where Scorpius turned up on the ship. So you don't know that he's working with John. Mm-hmm. So it's Stark getting the opportunity to torture Scorpius. Yeah, I buy that he would go oh, yeah. along with that. When he starts torturing, I'm like, yeah, you're very revenge-driven because of everything he put you through on the Aurora chair. But did Zan teach you anything about, I don't know, forgiveness? Yeah, also, we don't... You know, this is the first time we've seen him since he went away 
in season three to yeah. go look for Zan. The actual Stark. We've ha- had a few fake Starks. We have. But this is actually him, uh, played by Paul Goddard again. And he's actually got the slightly longer hair now, which we kind of saw in um, John Quixote. Yeah, it's Stark. It's actually Stark. And he, like, lifts up his mask and is like, there's no way to escape, Scorpius, not even into death, because as you make your passage to the other side, I'm going to capture your soul and with it everything you know. And then takes the mask off and Scorpius is like, ah, ah. Yeah, he's clearly suffering pain from the light that uh, Stark is projecting on him and he says i've waited many cycles for this many sleepless dreams for this every dashed hope plunge into despair i suffered at your hands and we see like cuts of him in the aurora chair very quickly Mm -hmm. but i've only been given two arms so i'll have to be more imaginative and you know removes the mask and like ah (laughs) okay hi stark uh you're creepy now yeah stark was always kind of creepy though (laughs) yeah but he seems to be have gone off the deep end Mm. And so Arkna's watching on and her assistant Penarch actually from the last episode, well, for, from a couple episodes ago, uh, is then she says, hmm, this may have possibilities. So then uh, we see Naranti and Chiana in the corridor and Naranti's pulling Chiana along. It's like, hey, listen, there's a vent on the wall and they can just about hear Scorpius screaming. I didn't hear it the first time watching this episode, but the second time you can very faintly in the background hear his screams. Mm. And she's like, okay, I'll stay here and keep listening. You go tell John and Aaron, she says to Naranti. And so you know, they go and tell uh, John and Aaron. He can't possibly hold out much longer if he hasn't broken already, says yeah. John. Okay, well, and he starts calming Sokozu and uh, Rigel. I need my riot and I need it fast. We've got to move things up. We've got to speed things up a bit. And Aaron's like, why do we never have enough time? Yeah, it's a good question. And so we're cut to the chariots and rigel and one of the chariots is like why should we work for a hynerian i'm already i'm a general in the scaran service <laughs> in the scaran service yeah that's not gonna last long the chariot says you're lying we're going to war with the peacekeepers it's like yes but they're not gonna go to war with you as their allies they're just gonna use the kalish they don't need you yeah especially when they have wormhole technology yeah because the chariot's like well the kalish are just techs and dargo says well they're building wormhole weapons and they need techs for that. Yeah, they don't need soldiers once they have that. And Rigel says, like, that's why they're going to sabotage you, because they're going to embarrass you in front of the Scarrens. And the chariots are like, they wouldn't be so bold. And Rigel goads them by saying, like, oh, look, they are as stupid as the Kalish say they are. Yeah. And one guy just goes forward, lunges with a knife, but he just gets stopped by Dargo, slammed against the tables, like, and yeah. no. We're not doing that. <laughs> so then we go to see in the big sort of uh, Kalish administration chamber, and we see that uh, the head Kalish, he's talking to Jenek, and says, here's a hologram of John's bomb. It's a mixture of parts from all over the place. Yeah, it's scrapped together. We would need two solar days to disarm it. Jenek is like, you don't have that. We don't have that time. You figure out how it works, I will find a species that will. And so he storms off, and then the Kalishas' assistant, Zukash, like, what do you think? And like, it's just like, Sokozu said, the chariots are trying to incite the Scarans against us. Yes. It's starting to work. And you can see the administrator being like, oh, just looking like, oh, crap, they're right. It's like, yes, yes, believe it. <laughs> so John and Aaron are now with Chiana, trying to find out where Scorpius is. Like, okay, somewhere on this level, and Aaron's like, okay, we need an alternate escape route if we can't make it back to Lola. And Chiana's like, right, I'll keep looking. And then um, I think it's John and Aaron basically walk into a room that's full of Scarens. Yeah. Because uh, Starleague marches up to them and says, like, you've cost me a striker and its crew. Wait, what? It's like, yeah, when we went to the coordinates, a wormhole opened and swallowed them up. Oh, no. 
What do you mean you went to the... You ordered them to go into the wormhole? Are you crazy? I told you to call me when you, they got there. Did you not hear her? I'm pointing to Aaron. And like, you should have warned us. It's like, don't put this on me. You want to prove you got it. Did you make that wormhole open? It's like, I didn't. But no, that's it. That's all you get. I, I don't think he even says I didn't. He says like, no, that's it. No more freebies. Do you want to make a deal? Or do you want me to sell it to the peacekeepers so they can take the tech and gobble up all your war- warships? And, like, they're advancing, and the bomb is starting to bleep faster and faster as John gets more agitated. Yeah, and it's it, I like that the Emperor is just adva- menacingly advancing on him. And John is standing his ground while also slowly walking backwards, which... I know it sounds weird, but it's him, like, being like, No, I am not apologizing for anything, but I am getting out of the room because, holy crap, he's big. Yeah, it's like, I'm just a guy with something to sell. If you don't want to buy it, somebody else will. And then the door shuts in front of him. Mm-hmm. And so outside, Aaron... And- says to john it's like i'm sure he'll he'll make an offer now oh yeah he'll make an offer i i'm liking this plan by the way yeah it's good also the the whole like preying on the infighting between this the mm-hmm, enslaved species mm-hmm. and so we now cut to sokozu and zukash and they're talking about actually there's a there's an entire chamber in this facility to grow the flowers that the scarons are eating and it's like why is it so high security and it's like we don't know it just just is yeah. Only the chariots have the access codes. And so if anybody else enters the chamber, the Scarons will assume that the chariots left it open. Yeah. And so they, they walk into like a big, like a lift, basically. Yeah. An elevator as a chariot walks out. And so uh, when nobody's looking, but what Zukash does is he unlocks the door to that chamber, like turns off the codes for the uh, flower chamber. Here, press these buttons and that's how you unlock the code. Sokozu says to John, like, we found a much faster way to incite a riot. It's like, great, I'll, we'll hear about that later. And then John and Aaron walk past Braka in the corridor. Yes. And uh, Braka's off by himself, actually. And John says, oh, you look a little lost. Does mommy know you're here? Or does mommy know you're Scorpy's little boy? And Braka just doesn't say anything like "Mm." oh she doesn't i'm just wait hang on they know braca is scorpius inside man when did that happen yeah either scorpius told them or it's not a huge leap to make i think no it wouldn't surprise me at all if they figure that out i'm just like oh wow or this was like a gamble of like i think he is let's find out yeah with like does he know does she know that you're that you're Scorpy's boy, and he's like, mm. it's like, oh, she doesn't know. And it's like, also, got him. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea because this whole plan is stapled together by guesses and, and yeah. leaps of faith. So I, I would completely sure. believe that. But Baraka says, okay, are you here to rescue him or kill him? And then we just actually cut straight to Scorpius being tortured by Stark. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Arkna says, conceal yourself to Stark. And he goes and hides behind, you know, in the back in the dark. Because then John and Aaron come in. And they're like, we want to see Scorpius. And uh, Arkna's like, no, you can come in, pointing to John. Not not you, not Aaron. Yeah, Aaron can come in. So John walks in and sort of looks around and paces around the the thing holding Scorpius. Grasshopper? He's like, John! <laughs> he doesn't seem to be doing too good. No. And so it's like, what are you doing here? It's like, torturing him. And then he steps down from the center thing and arkner just heat probes john yeah just goes like calls his bluff big time he's like okay what did you say too happy too sad too hot too cold let's see if that's true what do you know about wormholes like nothing Uh, not gonna tell you yeah i'm not gonna tell you anything it's like are you are you crazy like you're bluffing this bomb is isn't real and it's like oh yeah you want to 
want to be sure. Yeah, keep that up and in ten seconds we'll all be space dust. And John, and she's also like, I don't believe that. I think you know how to turn it off. And it keeps going, it keeps bleeping. And it gets worse. Extra lights start coming on and John's just like, and Arkin, like there's a stare down between them and she's heat probing him. And then eventually she relents and the bomb just stops bleeping so much. Yeah. And, and she says, you're insane. No, you lack imagination. <laughs> he doesn't say that. No, because but he's, that's, he's that's... He's not doing too good. No, but that's what I what I said to, said to Akna from my seat. It's like, no, 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 no. You, you, do, you have no idea how desperate John is in this fight and how little he has to gamble with. This is what he's got. And so Aaron, like... They let Aaron in to sort of pick him up. It's like, are you all right? It's like, uh, I mean, I just played a game of chicken. Did I win? It's like, yeah, for now. Yeah, barely. You crazy? She helps him up and then they, they leave. Also, apparently Stark is okay with this? Well, I don't know. Stark's in either in the background or not watching or somewhere else. He's, he disappears, you know, at the beginning yeah, of the scene. Yeah, okay. Maybe he, he's gone into a completely different room and wasn't even hearing this. Because otherwise, yeah. I'm like... Look, I believe you have revenge on Scorpius. That'll take. But come on, it's John. Yeah. And a nuke, but also John. <laughs> and so, yeah, they, they leave that chamber. And then we see actually Sokozun is now leading John and Aaron to the lift, to the uh, flower chamber. And it's like, well, okay, what? You found Scorpius being tortured and you just left him there. It's like, okay, first of all, it's not the time. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll fight three Scarens with just the two of us and maybe a pulse pistol. Yeah, that, that's not going to work. But so the char- a Charid comes out the elevator and Sokozu then fiddles with the panel. It's like, right, okay, you, this should take you to the to the flower chamber and just leaves them to it. So the lift goes down and they're waiting. I'm not even sure if the lift is going down or sideways because there's a shot of it moving through a tunnel that could be from either angle. That is true. But it, it, the lift starts moving and they're just standing there and John at some point is like, hang on. Put your hand, to, to Aaron, put your hand on my shoulder. And then stand on my feet. And she's like, okay, comfy, yeah. And they just start dancing, yeah. like a slow waltz back and forth in the elevator. And it's a nice, it's actually a nice little romantic moment. It's really cute. Because she's like, at some point she leans in, puts her hat, puts her hat yeah. on his shoulder. Also, like, it's, they're alone in this uh, elevator. There's nothing else going on around them. It's a bit of quiet time away from all the insanity out there. Yeah. And they have this nice, quiet, romantic moment between the two of them. It's really nice. It's, I like it. I, I like that scene a lot. Especially when she realizes what they're doing. And? Ad-libbed. Kind of. Uh, ben Browder and Claudia Black, it was decided by the two of them, they both felt that uh, Aaron and John deserved a romantic moment amidst all the chaos. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah, it's just a really nice little little scene. And so the elevator stops, John and Aaron step out. Also, actually, we do actually, there is a quick scene, sorry, with the Charids who are now drinking with Rigel. Mm-hmm. It's like, the Scarons will never dissolve our partnership. It's like, you think you're partners? <laughs> And then one goes to attack and Dargo stops him. That's yeah. it. That's the whole scene. Moving yeah. on. So the elevator stops. They get out. There's an, a, like a silent alarm goes off upstairs with like, there's an intruder in the Crystherium chamber. Yeah, where the Charids are. It's like, oh, oh what's happening? And Rysel's like, ah, there it is. But so John and Aaron walk in and they see there's a huge bed of these flowers. Yeah. And in the center, there's a plinth with a big like bushel of them uh, on it. Probably like something like you would cultivate from. It's yeah, it's like almost ceremonial, and I'm just thinking, why is this room so important? Yeah, we don't know. And they're like, why did, didn't know Scarens were so sentimental? It's like, all right. And so they walk in amongst the flowers, and like, all right, how do we get noticed? And John's like, well, 
I got arrested once in uh, college. Let me uh, let me show you uh, how we can get into the trouble. And then he sort of like kneels down. Like they both like drop down into the uh, into the flowers, and you can hear them start taking some of their clothes mm-hmm. off. Uh, the little make a little makeout session. Yeah. Of. And but before anything can actually happen, because then the charids, uh, yeah, they all storm in and like oh, right, intruder. Right, right. And John's like, oh, damn it, never enough time. And they stand up. You clearly the motions they're making and the sounds like they're zipping up their pants again. <laughs> yeah, like putting their pants back on. You both both of them looking a little bit guilty. It's like, oh. <laughs> oops. And so then we cut to uh, Stalik interrogating, saying, like, who gave you the ch- codes for that chamber? Uh, what do you mean, codes? We, d- we didn't need any codes. We, just... we don't need no stinking codes, says John. That's what he says, actually. In that, that is literally, I'm not even putting that up. That's what he says. Yeah. And it's like, no, two chariots got off. We got in. We stepped out. Apparently, we were there. No, okay. There's a little, little tiny bit that I love in that line where it's like, chariots got off we got on then we got off well we tried to get off (laughs) (laughs) right we got interrupted like oh john right i forgot that detail and then they're like which chariots i was like are are you you serious they all look alike john then john says you should put numbers on their uniforms yeah help well in in their uniforms they do look identical because yeah exactly could not see the difference at all and so starleek says arkness like the chariot troops are your responsibility it's like I'll, I'll order an inquiry. And then she leaves, and John says to Stalik, Look, I want Scorpius. Why? Because he'll tell us about wormhole technology? He'll give us what you're trying to sell? It's like, no. I just don't like people being tortured who don't know anything. Also, I don't like Minister Akna. And if I get Scorpius, that'll, screw, that'll piss her off. Win-win. Yeah. <laughs> and so we don't see... and that's, that's the end of that scene, because we cut to Stark torturing Scorpius some more. And Scorpius is not breaking. He's like, I know nothing. I don't know anything. Nothing about wormholes. But he's he's clearly, like, physically breaking down. Because he's way worse off than he was beforehand. And Arkner looks at Stark and is like, what? It's a normal part of the procedure. Look, he's very strong. And when he finally breaks, it'll be catastrophic. And she's like, you promised me answers. No. I promised you that I would break him. Not that he knows anything. And then at this, Stalik enters the room. It's like, what is happening in here? And Arkner's like, you said you wanted the information from him. Yeah, but I didn't want him dead. Yeah, I want him alive. Have you learned anything? And it's like, Crichton so far has destroyed a striker, found a way into the caverns, and you've done nothing. You're getting nothing from Scorpius. No. Everybody out. He orders everyone else out of the room. I also like that she says, this is my jurisdiction. And he says, only as long as I say so. He's the emperor. Yeah. So then, okay, then Stalik orders everybody else out of the room. Yes. So it's just Stalik and Scorpius. Yes. And so then he says to Scorpius, like, I thought you said she couldn't harm you. And he looks up, it's like, she couldn't. I'm fine. <laughs> just, just a little back pain. Ow. <laughs> He's, he is actually giving this speech like he's in pain. Yeah. But he says, I've caused enough harm in my time to be able to mimic it well. And Starleek says, look, we haven't found a way to disarm Crichton's weapon, but he has a command of wormholes. And Scorpy says, I can separate him from the bomb. He trusts me more than he realizes. Just bring him to me. So that you can betray me? The Emperor leans in. And then Scorpy says, I've served you for 10 cycles as a spy. Why would I betray you now? What? Yeah, it's the third time I'm doing that this episode, but I'm going to keep it up. What? What? Okay, so before we go any further with this scene, first of all, what? Second of all, okay, I would believe 
that Scorpius has been a spy for the Scarens. I do not believe that his loyalty is with the Scarens. No. Not for a second. No. I don't buy that for a micro. No. Unless they're upending everything we've that's been established by him. I think he's playing both both sides on this. That's exactly my thought as well. It's like, if you make Scorpius into a Scarron ally, then that undercuts a huge part of his character. Yeah, but him, it's like, ten cycles? What? Playing the long game. But yeah, him him working both sides to get what he wants, that's very much in Scorpius's character. Yeah, and the the emperor, emperor says, like, if you help me, you will get the power you desire so much. And like, nah, I don't think that's what he desires. We know that's not what he wants. That That's what clues me in as well. It's like, Ah, that's what he's been feeding Starleek is that he wants power. Yeah, wow. So I'm giving Farscape the benefit of the doubt on this one, that, that Scorpius isn't a Scarron, like, loyalist or anything. But it's also like, damn, Scorpius, if you wanted to take... <sighs> you must be playing a very dangerous game by giving them information that is correct, but not too much that they gain the upper hand against the... Uh... Yeah, it's a very fine balance to get what yeah. he wants from the Scarrens while giving them just enough to keep him on... Oh. How does but, he dodge questions that would completely ruin the peacekeepers? Because he's Scorpius. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, if we if we take that angle, like, I buy that from Scorpius. Being the chess master, you know, playing every side and knowing mm. the right moves to make. I buy that a lot more than the other options. But so. even still, like, he's been a spy for ten years? I don't care whose side he's playing on. That's still a massive reveal. Because we know that Scorpius is a smart... He's an intelligent person, and I would say he's playing the long game there because you can't take down an empire very, you know, that easily. Mm, Definitely not. So it's like, yeah, playing the long game at the highest level to take down this entire empire. That's what I think is going on here. (sighs) Yeah, nice. Wow. I'm... I'm very curious how this develops, actually. We only have two more episodes to find out. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Well, well, maybe it'll come up in Peacekeeper Wars. Who knows? Probably. But so, um, Starleek finishes by saying, like, if you betray me, you'll die in this machine. But if you, yeah, deliver Crichton to me, you get the power you want. So, now we cut to John and Aaron, who are back aboard the command carrier talking to Grazer. And she's made an addition to her offer. She has uh, some pardons from the Supreme Council. Yeah, it's like... Complete full pardon, authenticated by all principal officers on board. And Aaron says, like, these are genuine, and there is no way that she will go back on them. She can't even destroy them. And it's for John, Aaron, and basically the entire crew. Yeah. Wow. Damn. That's exactly what John would want, to get all his friends off the hook. But they are conditional on no wormhole technology being shared with the Scarens. I'm assuming the other condition is that the peacekeepers get the wormhole tech. Mm. But John says, like, keep it for now. We'll let you know. Yeah, I've uh, got other bidders. Yeah. <laughs> I have some other offers, you know. Just yeah, weigh my options here. Yeah. And so then we see now John and Aaron walk into the... Uh, well, they're, they're walking through uh, the base and they say, like, okay, we need to start that riot now. we got to do it. Hurry up. Uh, meanwhile, we see that uh, Penok, Arkner's uh, Scarron guard, but he's yelling at uh, Charids. He's yelling at one of the Charids, like, your troops compromised the cavern's security and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we saw in the codes that they were the last one to get off. And then the Charids like, well, that's the Kalish must have planted it there. So therefore, I like, don't blame them for your failures. And 
we see Sokozu is watching this and she comes to John. It's like, we're very close to a conflict. We're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> They've been trying for this whole episode, like, to try and get this riot going. And it's really hard. I mean, yeah, they're they're both under the thumb of the, the Scarens. So they have to really ramp it up and layer it. Because one incident, like, it's not going to be a simple thing. They need to fan the flames and then ignite the entire wildfire. But so uh, John's like, okay, come on, now means now, we need it. And at this point, John and Aaron are back in the conference room. And Starleek walks in and it's like, a bargain is struck. And some chariots chuck Scorpius onto the table. Yeah. There, you can have him. But a bargain requires trust, which has so far been one-sided. Now you tell me what you really want. And oh, I love this speech as well. Yes. John basically asks, when you wake up in the morning on your big emperor bed and you listen, what do you hear? Do you hear the little emperor birdie singing outside your window? Do you hear the emperor wind whistle through the trees? Or do you hear people dying? Do you hear your friends begging for mercy? Do you hear doors being kicked in because people are hunting you? Do you hear the sound of your heart pounding in your ears? What I want, Santa Claus. Great little thing in there because he's red. Yeah. For the rest of my life, I want to wake up like an emperor. Oh, it's so good. God, it's so good. Yeah, but that's, that's such a good speech. Oh. From jo- oh, it's really it's, nice. It really encapsulates also what those pardons meant in the, pre- in the previous scene, but also, yeah. look, this is what I want. I have been through this hell for almost four years. I want out. I just want a quiet life where I can... Live in peace. Where I can wake up and don't have to worry about the fact that something might come out and kill me today. It reminds me of the the uh, line that he had in uh, Constellation of Doubt in the home movies from Bobby where John says, like, I'm waiting for something to happen to me and I have to you know, remember that when it doesn't, that that's normal. Yeah, exactly. Because he's been through so much crap and he just wants that all to stop. Mm-hmm. And so Starleek, you know, understands what John says because he says, your safety guaranteed. John says, Bill Gates can't guarantee windows. So how are you going to guarantee my safety? Yeah. And Starleek's like, with great effort and great sincerity, though at some point my largesse will dissipate. And then he leaves. Yeah, it's like, give me a few arms. Well, it's more like, you know, I will do this, but there is a limit. <laughs> yeah. That's why he says, like, after a certain amount of time, I'll have had enough. <laughs> And then, so he leaves, and we have in the conference room, Scorpy's on the table, and John and Aaron are standing over him. And Scorpy looks up, it's like, my appreciation, Shut up. John grabs him by the scruff of his clothing, and it's like, did you talk? No. It's like, everyone I care about west of the moon is here to, in danger to make sure that you keep your mouth shut. What did you tell them? It's like, Nothing! I said nothing! Are you sure? I just nothing! Good. Aaron, kill him. Actually, first Aaron's like, John, John, stop. I believe him. It's like, alright, good. Kill him. Aaron's like, what? No! Came here to free him. It's like, no, we came here to make sure the wormhole knowledge doesn't slip out. Kill him. Aaron's like, no, you kill him. It's like, you want me to kill him? It's like, well, I'm not the assassin. It's like, well, if you want him to die, you kill him yourself. It's like, no, you made me promise that I wouldn't. All the way back in promises. Yeah. Okay, fine. I release you from that promise. Sorry, could you repeat that? I release you from that promise. Oh, thank you. That's all I needed to hear. Points the gun at the head of Scorpius. It's like, did you tell them anything? Like, well, at one point he actually mentions, like, come on, like, wormholes, Harvey, my brain. Did you tell them anything? Like, no, no. But Scorpius looks at John, just says nothing. Yeah. And John's trying to point the gun at him, and he is wavering a little bit. And he looks at Aaron's like, I'll give you my bike if if you kill him. (laughs) (laughs) And Scorpius is like... 
may I speak? And they both like, no. <laughs> okay, he really is telling the truth. And puts his gun away again. It's like, okay, come on. Hop. So that that was a bluff again. Yeah, like, that was that a was... good cop, bad cop between the two of them. Although briefly, I what I thought was happening is because we know Harvey's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought like, that as well. When he points the gun and can't do it, it's like, is that is that Harvey messing with his head again? No, I don't. I don't think Harvey's that strong anymore. But either way, like it was a bluff to try and make really make sure that Scorpius hadn't said anything. Okay, comes the others. Where's my riot? Yeah. I want my riot. We got Scorpius. Let's get out. I, I love the lines like. Okay, everybody, I apologize in advance for making any rude uh, rude comments or putting anybody on edge, but it's beer o'clock and I need a riot. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Where's my riot? And so we see that uh, these the Charids and uh, Kalisha arguing, blaming each other uh, for the problems, and the uh, Scarin stops in and, listen, I want a full account from both sides, and then he's leaving, and then the, the Charid and... Uh, Kalish keep arguing. Yeah, and at some point the chariot actually grabs Kalish, lifts him off the ground. It's like, you would do well to keep your mouth shut and not, I don't know, it's, it's a general threat. There's a good bit that I like where it's like, ordering biscuits and repairing urinals have never won a war and then the Kalish says back like, and neither have you, as I recall. Yeah. Like, right, that's it. You insult a chariot at your own risk. Pun, pun, pun. Yeah, and they fight, start punching fight, each fight, other. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that a few people are like, holy shit, what's happening? And I like that Zukash is the one that does this, because he grabs a chair and slams a chair with it. And it, it was like, of course, Zukash wants this to escalate, so he adds to the problem. Yeah, and so then the they start fighting. We actually see a few other Kalish start walking up the wall and firing guns. Firing their fun. tiny guns and shooting uh, chariots who are using their big rifles it's all kicking off then the scaring comes back in it's like what are you doing i leave the room for five seconds and you start killing each other stop stop children everybody on the ground <laughs> and he orders more scarings in to con- you know take all the weapons and confiscate them that's not gonna happen for now <laughs> it's all kicking off and rigel comes to john's like leave now and never doubt your dominar again yeah and then there's the fight and so sakozu says to zukash like i have to go and then says goodbye in Kelish, basically. Yeah, they say, they, they exchange a greeting. And so then um, Arkner tells Stalik, they're in the meeting room, they're like, we've been sabotaged. And the Kalish and Chariots are fighting, and he's like, okay, secure Crichton at once. Everybody realizes, oh, that's what's happening. And then Arkner says, no, we must secure Scorpius. And <laughs> Stalik says, don't worry about Scorpius, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course, you think he's your spy and he's going to step in. Yeah, and so Aaron and John are carrying Scorpius to uh, Lola. Yeah. There's a Chariot who gets in their way. Put your weapons down, he has the rifle pointed at them. And then... He gets shot from the back, and as he falls to the ground, we reveal Braca. Hey, and Scorpius like Braca. <laughs> I like that John says, "Yeah, everybody loves you. Feel the love, Mister Burns." <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and then uh, Naranti and Chiana are trying to make their way there, and there's one of the big, angry, long-faced Scarons, mm-hmm. and like, "No, this is off limit." There, and so Naranti just goes. Phew. Blow some dust in his face. He's wavering for a second. I love that they were able to do this facial expression on the Scarin head, which is yeah, completely really animatronic. Good. It's like, and then he falls down. And it's like, ah, it works. And so, um, <laughs> Rigel comes, John's like, don't leave without me, we're close. And then we have Dargo. <laughs> this I, this is so good. <laughs> this is such a good double team. So we have Dargo is like dragging Sokozu and goes up to a 
a Charid and says like, Charid, take this Kalish piece of trout. And they're like, huh? And then punches him out. Yeah. And then... <laughs> and they say, it's like, that worked a second time. Nice, nice. They're both like, nice. Well, what I like is that actually, I think the line is just, should we see if that works a third time? Oh, right. That's what it is. So <laughs> yeah. she, and, he, and he just drags Sikosa along again. It's like, you, Charid, take this... <laughs> Take this cliche piece of trout, and that's that's where it cuts. Yeah, because well, it's implied that that's going to work a third time. <laughs> like the charids are so dumb. Yeah, <laughs> they're so stupid. But yeah, that was great. It's like, all right, let's try that again. Charid, take this cliche piece of trout. Especially that. like that they're both like nice, nice. <laughs> like that worked. Well, they've got a trick that works, so you yeah, know, we'll, we'll try it out. A few Milk more it for all it's got. Ooh, during this fight, at some point, I can't remember that whole fight in there. Sokozu punches a guy through a screen, which Mm. makes me think Sokozu is way stronger than she's led on. Well, maybe that's part of being a bioloid, I guess. Yeah, that's what I think. Mm. And so, yeah, they're all fighting, and then we see uh, we've got John, Eren, and Scorpius are now... Uh, at Lola, and there are two Charid guards. Mm-hmm. And Scorpius starts collapsing. And he's also protesting. He's like, we can't escape a striker on Dargo's ship. And Aaron says, Moya's disguised as an oil freighter out in the shipping yard. She's rested up. She can starburst in the moment's notice. Scorpius is like, no, we can continue. We can broker a bargain. And it's like, he then drops to the floor. And John's like, you better not pass out. Get up. And Aaron pulls her pistol, points at his head, get up or I'll kill you. And so Scorpius does then get up. I like that it takes a while. There's a clear moment where it's, one, it's not sure if he's just passed out with his eyes open. And then eventually John just shakes him and he's like... And then they pull him up again. And so they get up, they get into the hangar with Dargo's ship. The Charids are there, but then Eren says, like, drop your weapons, don't fire, or you'll set off the bomb. She fires two shots over their heads, and it's like, oh, lower their guns. They're like, oh, actually people being smart today. But while they're distract, while John and Eren are, you know, doing this, Scorpion, we get a close-up of his eyes, of his face, and his eyes widen. Yeah, it's that uh, that whole tired face, and suddenly his eyes focus, his brow furrows, and he just slams Aaron straight in the face. Knocks her out. Manages to get to get behind John, shove him to the ground on top of him. And the, the bomb is, like, freaking out, just like, blip, 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 blip. And John is just like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Do you want to kill everyone? And Scorpion says, like, no, you need to breathe deeply if you expect to live. So it's like, you're going to get us all killed. And the bomb's beeping faster and faster. And Scorpius says, if you trust me enough to live, you may well discover the truth. And we have a close-up on John's face as the bomb is bleeping very loudly. Yeah, and he's just shouting. like, Aah! Trust you? Trust you? Bleep, 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 bleep. To be continued. Yep. Oh, what a way to end that episode. Oh. Lying on the ground with the bomb, like, almost about to go off. With Scorpion on top of him. Oh. Damn. Oh. So, yeah, that was We're So Screwed Part 2, Hot to Katrutzi. Yeah. That was a, that was a, that was an awesome episode. Very good episode. Ah. Like, okay, f- five out of five. Let's keep talking. Five, just boop, yeah, five okay, out of five. That, we don't have to discuss that. Can we just go into details? Yeah. I would give it five out of five, even if the rest of the episode was garbage and it just had the I Am The American scene. Yes, no, it. absolutely. Probably. I, I, I'd give it a four out of five to compensate for all the garbage. But I don't care. I'd give it five out of five. <laughs> That's fine. But no, the rest of the episode is great as well. I like the reveal of Sikosu being a bioloid and apparently being their entire bioloid resistance, mm. fighting for their own freedom. Yeah. Just that tiny scene is like, 
Oh, by the way, here's an entire backstory that that uh, entire part of the universe that we're going to get into in the future, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I'm worried now, now, though, that that would have been something they would have explored in season five if Probably. they got a season five. That which sucks because we know that that's not a thing. We can hope that it gets a little bit in the next two episodes, and maybe they have enough time to flesh it out a tiny bit in Peacekeeper Wars. But yeah, it would honestly if. Given a limit of time, that would be something I would cut. Yeah, but so, okay, that was... But, yeah, we had so many great things that I Am an American scene is just... It's so Like I good. said, it's my favorite Farscape scene. I just... I love it. It is a pure... Like I said earlier, it's a distillation of what Farscape is and John Crichton's character. Yeah, it is. Of him just like, I am an American. <laughs> we want capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> just, the, you know, all... My wormhole technology, free set of steak knives... Um- what what so the funny good. thing? Well, the fact that it's ad-libbed is even more amazing. Oh, but it's so impressive. The other funny thing is, it's the very first time I think that John identifies himself as an American. I I mean, because well, I don't know. I guess so. As loudly as this, because he's always been the human, and now he's like, no, 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 no. Well, there were a couple of times. You remember when in season and season two, I think, mm-hmm. when um, Scorpius was trying to get John to insert the the coolant rod. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. And then he starts yeah. singing the American... Oh, say, can you You're right. Sing? No, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but it is great. It's... Uh, it's a fantastic speech. Yeah, and just... What I love is... I love how in tune with the characters... Um, I, I'm sure this is true for a lot of the, the rest of the crew, but it's been our experience you know in background information of a lot of episodes that ben browder and claudia black like know these characters inside and out yeah definitely they know them so well and they're so you know talented and skilled as um actors and writers to be able to do things like this Mm -hmm. i think as we're nearing the end of farscape um i'll talk about this more in some of the final episodes of the podcast but doing this show doing this podcast has made me uh, much, <laughs> I was already, you know, fans of uh, Ben Browder and Claudia Black, but it's really increased my appreciation for both of them. Yeah, like hugely, seeing how much work they put into their characters and how well it works. Like I had very little exposure to Ben Browder aside from his uh, the two seasons he's in Stargate. Mm, I have yeah. a bit more exposure to Claudia Black's work, uh, especially also in voice acting. This has yeah. made me realize, like, how good she is at this yeah. stuff. Like, damn. Yeah, and, and but, like, this scene, those bits with John, it's like you realize how talented Ben Browder is mm-hmm. in these episodes and when he's written for the show before. So, and this is not to sell the rest of the crew short. No. But, it, but you, you know, it is, it's an undeniable fact that the focus of the show is John and... For a while, as much as it was John, it was also uh, Aaron. It's yeah. the two of them are like the most heavily focused on characters in this yeah, show. They're, they're the main characters, you could say. Yeah, and it kind of did develop because it was season three, wasn't it? That was really we said was like Aaron's story. Yeah. Season three is Aaron's, and now season four is John and Aaron's story. Yeah, before that, seasons one and two were John's story. So we had like John. Season one, season two, then Aaron, season three, then John and Aaron for season mm-hmm. four. I would I would argue Dargo got a lot in season two. I think the rest of the crew have had their arcs, but the focus has been 
split between John and Aaron, I True. think, which which makes sense, you know. And now in this episode, we actually get to see them together as a couple, mm-hmm. you know, working together. And that scene in the elevator with so between good. the two of them, because it, it it reminds us of the fact that yes, it's all 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 the problems, all that stuff that's behind us now. That's not going to be a problem anymore. I am seriously bummed out that they didn't get a season five because I would have oh, liked yeah. a season in which they're just they're all past all that stuff and they're they're going like like I said, going into the next part of that relationship. Like okay, we're an actual couple now. That's not that's not an issue anymore. Now what? Yeah, but so this episode was this was just a great episode of Farscape and possibly my one of my favorite episodes of the entire uh run of the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there we go. That was that was really really good and like I said, I'll I'll repeat it again, but even if you don't watch anything else like visually if you don't look up anything else from the show, look up the I am an American scene yes. and and watch it because Ben Browder's performance is fantastic in that scene. You will not be disappointed. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube or, you know. You know what? I'm just gonna check. <laughs> just search for Farscape, I am an American. Oh, <laughs> uh, it it auto completes. It auto completes. Yeah, it's there. You should you should look it up. It's it's great. But so, enough talking about this episode, which was a great episode. We already mentioned, you know, a few of the things we're going to be interested to see where certain things go, like Scorpius's apparent role as a Scarron spy. Mm-hmm. Like we said, though, don't buy that he's a loyal to no, Scarron at pl- all. he's playing them. And also maybe some Kalish bioloid resistance, who knows? But we've still... I like that this is why this is a three-parter, because it ends with Scorpius going for his agenda and crun- you know, slamming John to the floor. Because mm-hmm. they were about to leave, and like, no, no, we still have more to do here. Yeah, we're not done yet. And uh, that will be next week's episode, which is We're So Screwed Part 3, La Bomba. Uh-oh. And so, yeah, the, it's, as you might expect, Crichton and co. must find a way to escape Katrazzi before the Scarans decide that they are disposable. Uh-oh. It's, we gotta get the F out of here. <laughs> oh, boy. They are so screwed. That's the name of the three-part I know, episode. I know, It's a well-chosen <laughs> name. Also, actually, I feel like let me. We we talked about how well done the ad libbing was, but let's give props to the writer of this episode, Carlton Eastlake, who wrote you know the rest of the episode, yeah. which included the you know John's speech about wanting to wake up like an emperor and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, props to props to uh, them. And so, yeah, right. Definitely. Hopefully, next week can live up to this episode. It's it's going to be tough, but Tall we'll order, see. But we'll see. Yeah, but that's a, that, that, next week is the penultimate episode of season four. I know, right. Oh, we're it's almost crazy. there! Oh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Mm-hmm. But that will be next week. Until then, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. This was a great episode of Farscape, and it gave us a lot to talk about. We had a lot to discuss, yeah, which is always good. You want that meat to get into, like mm-hmm. like juicy, juicy meat. Chef's kiss, wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's like. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we'll be back next week with episode 21. Until then, you can find us around the web on Twitter at CantwellHatsRed. At RedNamer7. And go to CantwellHats.co.uk for previous episodes, links to RSS feeds, iTunes, and the Patreon, which supports this podcast, patreon.com slash CantwellHats. And if you do want to review us on iTunes, that uh, always, of course, helps us out. Right, that's it from the both of us. We'll see you next time. Until next week. Have a good week. Goodbye. Why am I here? Why? 
Because I am a Dutchman. And what do we want? Aside from dry feet? Tulips? Clogs? Stroopwaffles. We have sailed the seven seas. What do you do? Get down from there. Come on, I I have a speech prepared and everything. No, just get... You're making an embarrassment of yourself. Get down from there. Okay...